गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णुर् गुरुदेवो महेश्वर गुरु शक्षात पारब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः I bow to my Guru as Brahma, as Vishnu, as Shiva, as all, all Mahadev. I bow to him as you and in all things. Because through Guru I have found what it is that I am looking for. I want to share that with you. Part of that is to understand that your strength is within. Some people say, <coughs> well, why go to a guru? You should develop your own strength. Well, this is the purpose of the guru. He helps to magnetize you and to give you that strength. And when you have that strength, you need not depend upon other things or other people for anything. Horoscopes are a very good example. There's, a, there's an interesting story here about uh, my Guruji and his, his, uh, when he was a young man. I was supposed, the Master told us, according to my horoscope, to marry three times, being twice a widower. It is interesting to note that my father tried three times to get me married. On two of those occasions, I simply refused. The third time, he tried to spring the event on me unexpectedly so that I wouldn't be able to back out. I met the girl as a woman. She truly was beautiful. For an instant, satanic delusion tugged at my mind. I heard the voice saying inwardly, Isn't she beautiful? Go ahead, why not marry her? Never, I replied with great force. I looked at the girl through the spiritual eye and saw beneath the skin her muscles and internal organs, all red with blood. Her bones looked like any skeleton. No one under the skin is beautiful. People were very disappointed when I refused to go along with the plan. I told them, I know you feel let down because you were looking forward to a feast. Well, I won't disappoint you. I asked Prabhash Ghosh, a dear cousin of mine, if he would marry her. He was delighted to get such a beautiful bride. And so the wedding came off. In 1935, when I returned to India, I visited Prabhash's home. His wife had become a terrible nag. Prabhash would go tiptoeing about the house like a mouse, scarcely daring to open his mouth. Seeing that situation, I took the, the wife aside and said to her, I have some right to speak to you on these matters, for you were intended to be mine. I just want to tell you, if you had treated me as I see you treating him, one week, that's all I'd have given the marriage. Then I'd have been off for the Himalayas. From then on, she was softer in her behavior toward my cousin. The subject of the Master's horoscope bears a little contemplation. He used to say, don't let the karmic tendencies described in your horoscope, no matter how valid the prediction, enslave you to anything that your will rejects. The prediction made by our family astrologer was accurate according to the stellar positions, but that didn't mean I had to accept it as a cosmic dictate. A further question is likely to arise in the mind about that prediction. 
Why would the horoscope of a master predict anything so different from his actual destiny? The answer I can't help thinking is that one must be born at some time simply to be born at all. No timing probably will ever be perfect. The planets move as they move without paying any particular intention or attention to anyone. Our actions, however, can be determined by our own will, despite what our horoscope says. The will, especially when it arises from deep within, is our real writ of destiny. <coughs> that is the destiny we should follow, seeking ever to attune our own human will to God's infinite will. Another explanation certainly is valid also, for a liberated master is reborn not to expiate karmas of his own, but to take on and to free others of their own karmic burdens. It may be that in his very horoscope are written some of the burdens of others. So, that's a very intriguing story, though, isn't it? Because we tend to think, and I know in India there's a great deal of dependence on astrologers, but we tend to think that whatever they say is our absolute destiny. That is not so. One time when my, well, when I, my guru was a boy, he ran away to the Himalayas, and his brother was able to catch him and bring him back, and he was a minor, so he had to come back. So my brother, <coughs> my guru's brother, Ananda, took him to somebody whom he had already arranged with beforehand in Benares, who was supposed to be a wise man. And the wise man said that your karma is such that you will never find God except through marriage. You will always be blocked and find obstacles if you do not marry. And my guru was absolutely determined to just live for God alone. But this absolute assurance on this part of this old man who was supposed to be wise shook him a little bit, and so he prayed to God. And just then a, a man whom he could see was a sage on the uh, sort of on the outskirts of their little circle, um, sort of motioning him to come, and he came to this man, and the man said, don't listen to that ignoramus. God wants me to tell you that your destiny in this life is only to seek him. Well, my guru knew that already, but it was a certain reassurance to him. The point is that you don't have to accept any kind of destiny if you choose not to. There may be great obstacles, but what you feel from your soul, I don't mean your ego. I mean, obviously, for example, some no, nobody wants to fail in life, so you can say, well, I chose not to fail. Well, you may fail if you did all the wrong things that attract failure. But if you feel from within a divine guidance, like when I started our community of Ananda, the first one, many people just were uh, completely and with absolute certainty predicting failure. Well, first of all, I didn't really care. I knew I had to try. It didn't matter whether I failed or not. But the other side of it was that I felt God wanted it. Now, how do you know God's will? There was some a uh, couple of girls uh, who lived in my guru's ashram who had this kind of superstition that if they were going to go out and they tripped over a carpet, they would take that as a sign 
that they weren't supposed to go out that day. Well, if you allow yourself to be sort of subject to all these silly signs and wonders, you'll just never accomplish anything in life. Don't wait for the world to tell you what you should do. The first thing you have to do is say, I will to do this. Second thing you have to say that, or I should say really first, you should base that will on what you feel inwardly. If you feel a certain guidance to do it, if you know in your heart this is what you must do, don't let all the jackals howl at trying to pull you away from that. This is what you've got to do. Do it. A, an easy horoscope is not a good horoscope. It gives you a nice incarnation of rest. A hard horoscope can be a very good horoscope. I have a, my horoscope happens to have uh, lots of blocks in it. There's some astrologer in Germany who says, I don't know how he can stand it. Well, I don't notice anything. It all seems like a wonderful life to me. I don't think of it as a burden of it. I think of the opportunity. This is how we need to be. We know that if we're going to climb a mountain, we're going to have to work. And if you want this life to be a victorious life, you know you're going to have to have obstacles. You know that you're going to have to face opposition. And you know that people will try to prevent you from doing it. Don't let their opinions and their desires determine your activity. Decide for yourself from within what you must do, what you will do, and do it. <coughs> it's just that simple. A little bit of willpower. Don't even think about the obstacles. Just feel I must do this, and so I will. Well, this is a very important thing because astrology is a, it's, it can be very good in the sense that it can help you to know if you don't have any other guidance, know which path may be easier for you or more right for you. But I have to say that an awful lot of astrologers have said an awful lot of junk to me. Many astrologers have said this or that, and they've all proved wrong. And even in my most difficult periods astrologically, if I put my will to it, it sort of, it's sort of like if you're on a boat that has a good motor and you don't let it encounter any waves, you just go smoothly. But if you do, you go anyway. And the waves try to stop you, you just cut right through them. This is what my Guruji said, that he would sometimes ask astrologers to point out to him those periods that would be particularly difficult. And he said, I found that even in those periods, it was no problem. I just put out the willpower and cut through those difficulties. Don't be running to these people to get advice. For one thing, very few of them really know. I've seen that they are influenced by their own human prejudices, their human likes and dislikes. Don't feel that uh, if they say that this is right, that it's necessarily right from your own highest point of view. The, what I've seen with astrologers is they all seem to cancel each other out in the end. This one will say one thing, the other will say the opposite. Finally, I've had fun with it, but I've seen that in the end, I just have to go my own way. This is what each one of us should do. But not in an egotistical way, not saying, I want this, that's ego. 
that won't help you. But if you are convinced in your mind that this is true and this is right, this is what God wants of me, there must always be this one little little point to remember, that sometimes we think something's right and it's really our own desires. It's sort of like watching a football game and you, let us say you, you're for one side, well then all your energy goes toward making that side win, even if it's only wishful thinking, come on, win, win, win. Well, I don't mean that in this case. I mean not that sort of dogged enthusiasm that backs even the wrong horse and just keeps on backing it, but rather say to yourself that I want this because I think it's right, but I've always, they say that the first mark of a civilized human being is a willingness to question his first principles. It's always good not to have the Hamlet complex, which makes you never know whether you should or shouldn't, should I, shouldn't I know. But at the same time, always be ready to listen. If somebody can come to you with a good argument, <coughs> if somebody can come to you and show you why you've been mistaken, don't close your mind stubbornly like a, a, a human donkey. Rather, just decide that uh, I will listen, and if it's right, all right, I can change. Be willing to change on a dime if necessary. But at the same time, be strong in yourself. Most people are sort of wishy-washy. They don't really know what they want. They think they might want something, and then they go partly that direction. And then if it isn't astrologer, it'll be somebody else. One story that Ramakrishna told was delightful of a, a couple of farmers. And the floodgates, the sluice gates, were opened so they could irrigate their field for only a certain time every day. And one of them worked hard once those gates were open to get water to all his plants and everything. <coughs> then lunchtime came and his wife and daughter came out and said, well, dear, it's lunchtime and you uh, can't you just uh, give it up now? You've been working so hard. Come and have some lunch. And he says, well, what can I do? She's asked me to go, so he does. So he's never going to win. But another one who's working and his wife comes out and says, well, it's lunchtime, please come in. He says, leave me alone. I've got this job to do. I won't do anything else until I've finished it. You have to have some of that kind of stick-to-itiveness. You've got to be strong in yourself. And then a very important rule of life is don't worry about what other people think. You will have a chorus of critics and a chorus of people telling you that this would have been better, that might have been better. <coughs> Why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? There was a preacher once in Georgia, in America, who was building a boat. And people would come to him and make suggestions and say, well, brother, I think it ought to be a little bit this way, or I think it ought to be a little bit that way. And being a preacher and having a, minister, having a congregation, he wanted to please people, and so he went and took all their suggestions, and finally he launched his boat, and it went out to a little distance in the water, and then glug, 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 it went down to the bottom. All that was left was a mast. And then he started another boat, and people came up and said, well, Pastor, I think it should go a little bit more this way. Another one said, I think it should be a little longer prow. Another one said, why couldn't you make it a little wider, and so on. He said, you see that mast out there? 
He said, that's the committee boat. This is my boat. Well, committees never, they don't seem to me to get anywhere, really. But don't do things by committee. Do it by your inner guidance. Once you've felt that guidance, then your action will be guided right. Go on alone, and you will see that truth itself will support you. Joy to you. Walk like a man, even though you walk alone. Why court approval once the road is known? Let come who will, but if they all turn home, the goal still awaits you. Seek free.